Are you a business owner looking to grow and scale your company? Do you want to prepare your company to successfully take on investment? Start by taking the Become Investable Digital Scorecard Assessment. In less than six minutes, you will have information identifying weaknesses in your business model and receive advice on how to address them. Developed using the signature BI methodology, the scorecard assesses your business based on six key investability metrics and provides a comprehensive report to show you how to build a more investable business. Go to becomeinvestable.com slash scorecard today to start your journey to investability. Podcast World, Cabin Studios. This is Caribbean Power Lunch with your host, Kevin Valley. We usually talk about business, but today we want to, the popular word for this year, we want to pivot a little bit into mental health. Today we are talking to award-winning blogger and podcaster, the owner of jblessed.com, generating monthly unique visitors of 350,000 and counting. She is a social media consultant and the creator of the very real, raw, and relatable In My Head podcast, a Caribbean podcast dedicated to mental health. Jamie J. Blessed Alain, how are you doing this evening? I love your intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's my goddamn time you have me on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> It's an amazing day. I'm so grateful to be in your presence. We have been planning this for well over a year now, but nothing happens outside of this. Yeah, like everything that's supposed to happen will happen in this right timing. Mm-hmm. And this is the right timing. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to, you know, just be here and speak to your audience. All right. So, Jamie, just before we really get going, I just want to put a little disclaimer in here. So Jamie is not a certified therapist. She's not a psychiatrist. I don't even think she studies psychology. She's a media and a journalist. But because of her personal experience, I've found her, and especially with the work she does with the podcast, I found her the most relevant to speak about this, you know, from that human perspective, not necessarily that professional perspective. So Jamie, you made a statement recently that 2020 is actually the best year of not only your life, but everyone's life. I mean, I would like you to expound on that a little bit as we start off. Yeah, I tend to see things from an optimistic lens and you have to in order to survive, right? But what we were afforded in 2020 was an invaluable gift. And that's the gift of time, right? Mm -hmm. Because for most entrepreneurs, for most business owners, for, you know, those who are in the grind, those who are in the rat race, those who are, moving and grooving and all that the number one thing they would normally complain about i ain't got the time when i made the time you know i'm gonna try to fit it in i'll go past true i'm so busy and 2020 really afforded us that moment to sit the hell down mm-hmm. yeah literally <laughs> yeah and for a lengthy period of time and so if you were really about something you would have spent time with yourself internalize, be introspective, and want to make changes in your life and the way you do your business, because you you were forced to make changes, right? You had to, in order to be able to survive, you have to make changes. And I don't think people really realize how 
great a gift that is. Change is a beautiful thing, right? The only constant thing in life is change. Is either you're going to be changing for the better or you're going to be changing for the worst. What's your choice? Yeah. And you know I mean? Funny enough, you, you know, you speak about change in 2020, like the beginning of the pandemic is when I made one of the biggest changes in my life is actually the end of February. I resigned from my full-time job and decided to go head first 100% into entrepreneurship. And then two weeks later, pandemic hit and everywhere is closed down and everything, you know? So it was a shock factor for me. And spend this past year, I mean, sometimes I'm saying, yeah, things are great. Great things are great. Things are great. Other times it's like, all right, so how am I, you know, how am I going to make some revenue this month and that month and the other month? Because you know it is when you just start off, it, things are lumpy. And I feel like it's that stress is what it kind of helped me put on weight because, you know, it, it manifests in, in different ways, right? I'm not trying, and, and I want to interject here. I'm not trying to romanticize change. Mm-hmm. You know, this positive, good, uplifting, you know, beautiful change. Mm-hmm. That shit is hard. <laughs> it's depressing. Yeah. It's dark. It's lonely. It's painful. Okay. So I'm not here to romanticize it. What I'm saying is if you want better for yourself, you are willing to go through that process because I would rather go through this painful process knowing that the reward that is going to yield me is far better than what I have now, what I had before. I'm willing to do that than to stay stagnant. And you said something just now, which I know I feel like I want to be the interviewer now because I want to ask you like. Well, you know, you can ask me a question if you want. I mean, I know you interview as well. It's, and you know, sometimes I go through that same challenge. Like when somebody's interviewing me, I'm like, hmm, I want to ask a question though. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask the question because you resigned right at the top of, of the big worldwide announcement of, you know, COVID really being a global pandemic, right? And so- what was going through your mind as someone who had a steady full-time job to now getting this fire under you to go into entrepreneurship and then the whole world shuts down and now you're thinking, I want to know, what were you thinking? Were you thinking, did I make the right decision? I could be getting some severance package. I could give you <laughs> some money coming in and I don't know. Like, that's some real life stuff. Mm-hmm. So what were you thinking? So I'll tell you, all right, so before I resigned, and I'm um, just to give a little bit of context. So I was working with family, actually. My eldest brother, he's the CEO of the company I was working with, you know, was a, I had a senior position, not because I was his brother, but because of my experience and, and whatnot, right? And, you know, funny enough, like even before me joining that company, I wanted to make sure that I was at a place where I could actually come and bring value as opposed to just come and kind of grab onto my brother's leg and just have him drag me up. You know, so actually, so I spent about four years in a more junior role at it, and then I was promoted to a vice president role. But anyway, so I had a, a decent job, you know, decent paint job, whatever, decent profile and everything. The, the job gave me access to, to a good network, you know, around the, around the region in terms of institutional investors and whatnot. But I kept having this fire in my belly, especially as I was, I was running a podcast where I'm interviewing entrepreneurs every week. And, you know, passion is contagious. Yeah. And you listen, to, and you, every week you hear about somebody's stories where they, where you know, they all it's a similar structure, right? There's an inflection point where they decide, okay, like this is it, aha, uh-huh. it's either aha moment or is I have to do this kind of moment, right? It's one or the other, and yeah, and you see people capitalize on that and just run full speed ahead. And you know, there was something that was brewing in my mind for over a year, to be honest with you, and it came to a point where. I was more afraid 
of future me regretting not jumping out on my own than being afraid of, oh gosh, if, if this business fails. I'm not afraid of the business failing. I'm not afraid of, of failing. I, I know, and that, that's because I know I, I could get a job. I know I'm marketable, right? Can I tell you something, Kev? Sure. The business is going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be very realistic with you, right? Like <laughs> businesses go through so many different stages of failure that people don't want to publicize, mm-hmm. right? They do. We just put on the highlight reel, the wins. You know, we put the award. We put that large contract. What we don't put out out there is how long it took to get that one large contract. That in itself is failure because if you got your first note and that shit hurt you, you'd be like, I'm done. But then five no's, 10 no's, how about 50 no's from different (laughs) companies? Would you not feel like a failure? Like, what am I doing wrong? That's why we go in and check our process, right? And make sure that we're doing things right. But for many people, they will look at that as failure and be like, why are you still doing this thing? And it not even generates no money. You're walking around like you're feeling on our business. But you know within your spirit what you were called to do. And you're steadfast in making sure you bring that to fruition. Until you hit. Right? Until you hit and everybody want to be a friend. They're all up in the video. They smile at you. And my boy, I know you long time. <laughs> but they don't know. And this ties into mental health, right? They don't know the stresses of it. They don't know the times you doubted yourself. You doubted your decision. They don't know the times you lost friends. You lost, you know, uh, clients. They don't know. That's the story. Right. Yeah. The story is not the destination. It's the whole entire process. It's the journey. That's the story. You can lose your goddamn mind during the journey. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're still holding on to this crazy idea that you have a gift and you want to be able to share that with your industry, with your community, with, with whomever. And no matter what happens to knock you off your feet, you're like, Nah, nah, nah. I know. I know in my heart. I know in my spirit. I know my calling and I know this thing when I work. It didn't work in yet, but it gonna work. Listen, you don't think people might look at you and call you crazy? They do it to me all the time. No, you're, you're, listen, you're bang on. You're like, you know, so there, there are aspects of what I do that keeping my, my bills paid and stuff and now and then, you know, give me a lecture money to, to put on 35 pounds or however much weight I put on, right? But I didn't put on 35 pounds. Yeah, I put on like 30 pounds too. Swear to God. But they like the ass. Though. I'm sorry. They like this. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think? Well, let's read. Let's read. Real read. It's um, not, not suitable for everybody. <laughs> That's okay. But you I did lose 18 pounds at the end of the year into January. So, uh, I mean. Good job. good job. Good job. Good job. But yeah. But you're right. It's extremely lumpy. It's not as glamorous as it looks, you know I mean? People might see me on social media in a suit seeing some, some smart business thing, but yeah, man, it's like all of that is just hoping to, to get some attention, to bring in some leads or, or what have you. I love the fact that you in this episode are becoming so vulnerable with your audience. I talking to you. I mean, I, I got to do it. <laughs> I, I got I to come here in front. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm just talking to my sister before we got on. And uh, my sister's in Trinidad. And I said, sis, you know that in three days, it would be 18 years since I came to this country alone at 18 years old. 
Mm-hmm. And she was like, I know. I'm so proud of you. And I want to be the first person to say happy anniversary. And I'm so proud of you. 18 years, an immigrant. I had no family here to help me with getting my papers or my green card or none of that. I actually got to JFK and didn't know where I was going to stay, where I was going to sleep. Yeah. Right? You know, Jay, I, I don't know if you read my prep notes also, but um, that's actually exactly where I was trying to go. I was like, all right, so how do we get to this whole move migration to New York thing? <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, so 18 years ago, as you said, you know, 2003, you didn't even give any notice to your job. You're working a government job and you just, you just packed your stuff, a carry-on, not even like a a full suitcase, like, you know, because you thought, you knew you were going to migrate and move your entire life, but you still packed a carry-on. That's pretty amazing. But anyway, so you pack a carry-on and you, and you jump on a plane, you go to JFK with 500 US, or is it 75 US? 75. So, all right. So I converted to TT. My, my, my mistake. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you, you go to America with 75 US in your pocket. I think you had a dollar in coins as well. All right. So you, you do that. So what in the hell was going through your mind prior to that? I mean, aside from, I mean, I, I mean, all right. So I know you were working on a government job and you didn't want to end up being there for 20 years, but it's got to be more than that. It's the same feeling that most entrepreneurs feel. This burning desire that there's something more out there for them, and they're gonna go and get it. They're gonna go and make it happen. They don't know how. They might have some sort of a slightly fleshed out idea. Some of them, some of them have, you know, like a whole strategy. My strategy was just to get JFK and make it through immigration. Okay, like that was my plan. I had never even traveled internationally ever. Mm-hmm. It was many firsts for me. And you're talking about mental health in this episode, mm-hmm. but everything ties in. It ties into your, your professional life. It ties into your entrepreneurial exactly. life. It ties into your relationships. It ties into your relationship with self and others. It ties into how confident you are when you walk into a boardroom or if you deal with imposter syndrome. All that shit ties in. And I just had this burning desire and I've always known it since I was a little girl that I was just different. And I was so different (laughs) that I would leave everything behind and do something that still to this day, people will look and be like, how, why? But 18 years later, I can tell you, I'm so very proud of myself. And I'm also immensely grateful to God for keeping me safe, keeping me sane. Because this place out here will drive you crazy. You understand? Living here in America is not as fancy as people be making it out to be on no Instagram with a nice little grid and thing and they're walking outside taking pictures. It's not that. Especially, especially when you, you're an immigrant that has a different type of story. Not everyone comes here with a green card as soon as they walk through JFK. So can you understand the other layer of stress and anxiety and pressure and just even shame? Yeah. Right? That's heavy stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean that's that brings up another curious question for me. Like, and we, we can leave this out in the episode if it's something that's like, fine. That's But um, yeah, how were you able to get naturalized into these days if you just show up there with your backpack? So you might actually get an exclusive. 
for. That's what I aim for. That's what I go for. That's my that's my goal. So I'm not naturalized. So I, I'm not a U.S. citizen. That's what naturalization is. Oh. But I can legally work in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to do that. And that only actually recently happened a few years ago. A few years ago that I could count on one hand. Ooh. So imagine being here for 18 years and not being able to travel home, not being able to do a lot of things that are afforded to, let's just say, green card holders at that time. Wait, you haven't been back to China in that sense? I have not seen my grandfather in 18 years. Oh, my God. To me, I thought you'd, you'd visit here every year or something. I have not. And so oh, wow. I'm in a situation now where, or a place where I am legally fine here in this country. I could legally work. My documentations are gone through. It's actually approved. So that's a major thing. And I'm being very vulnerable in this particular episode. And I'm happy that I could share it with you on your episode. Because no one here, I've never, this is not something people talk about. They don't want to talk about it. They don't have a green card. So how you're managing, how you're paying your bills. Well, let me tell you something about my God, though. Let me mm-hmm. tell you something about my let God. Let me hear about your God. From the time I reached in this country to this time right now, being on this episode with you, I've n- not been in need or lack. Everything I've ever wanted, I've had. And that's the power of the mind. And that's why mental health is really, really important. Because once your mind is messed up, your whole life is messed up. And when you're a really strong person who's gifted, who's about something, who really has a lot to offer, a lot of values to give to the world, that's that place the enemy comes to attack your mind, right? And that's why I've battled throughout the years, right? And so I've been gifted enough to have a corner office on Wall Street in an immigration law firm without papers. Mm-hmm. If that's not God, and I'm telling you my business. I, I've been able, and you know, people be like, well, just marry and get papers. I've been married. I'm I'm not the type of person that will marry for documentation. I'm married because I love you. Right? Like I'm a hopeless romantic. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm also a person of good character. I'm not here to use someone ultimately just to get papers and move on. Right. And these are the stories you don't hear. These are the stories people don't talk about because one is embarrassing. Two, they want to make it seem as if they've always had it together. But let me tell you how I had to clean toilets mm-hmm. and wash windows while I was J-blessed, at the height of J-blessed. Why? Because my mom had cancer and she flew up here and I needed extra income. And though J-blessed was paying my rent and paying my bills, her health condition required a little bit more. And I wasn't ashamed to go clean toilets and wash windows. You see that kind of work ethic? Yes. Even now, 18 years later, I'm not anywhere where I have envisioned for my life, but I'm so much further than when I came when I landed the JFK. And this life, this is a life I had actually envisioned back then. I'm living it. Mm-hmm. So many times we get so caught up in, you know, you want this big story of, the house and the, the car and the land and, and you have it though you have it but you want it bigger and every time you get it you want it bigger but are you not grateful this is the same thing you were praying for and you have it and so god has kept me my ancestors have made sure they beat up people along the way clear my path make sure i'm walking good mm-hmm. and i am grateful 
And this is why people have to understand, even in business, even in life, there's a natural ebb and flow. Yeah, I mean, so I know, I could tell that you're a very resilient person. You're, you're actually a survivor. I mean, just before we, were, we jumped on, I looked at your disruptor keynote address and I'm like, whoa, whoa, my, my paws raised. Like I never saw Jay Bless like this before. You sounded like a, like a preacher. You were, you were on fire. You were speaking rapid fire and you decided your facts and everything. You're just looking dead into the camera and you're just delivering. It's like, wow. It's like, all right, this podcast got me left. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. That makes me feel so good because every single thing I do, mm-hmm. even when I write a blog post, and I'm a bit different. I don't do things for money. Money comes to me. I think I'm going to use that as the highlight reel. <laughs> <laughs> money just finds me. But when you're operating in your gift, though, mm-hmm. when you are operating in your gift, money comes to you. Wealth comes to you. People are drawn to you. And so I don't chase money. People who start chasing money end up in a lot of trouble. They end up negotiating their character for fun. I'm not here to entertain people. I'm here to speak the truth. If you like it, okay, it drop, hit my cash down. <laughs> <laughs> Become an investor. If you don't like it, I mean, you're going to be all right, but the seed is already planted. <laughs> it's just <laughs> If you like it, it's become an investor. Come on, let's get in here. <laughs> Seriously, but that keynote was, that was also another vulnerable experience for me, but vulnerability is part of my package. Yeah. This, Part of my business acumen, being vulnerable. So you, yes, you were extremely vulnerable in that. And I mean, again, you have full control. You could let me know, hey, Kevin, you know, this is too much. This is too deep. But you mentioned it there, so I'm going to mention it here. You know, you spoke about incest and rape and violence. Just speaking of yourself as a survivor. I mean, without going into too much detail, however much detail you're comfortable giving us in terms of how can help an audience member, not necessarily just to support only business, right? Like, how was that for you? And how were you able to recover from that mentally? Again, back to having a strong belief in higher power mm-hmm. and faith. And last December, I had one of the most amazing spiritual experiences of my life where I actually saw how I was called to be in this family to be the generational curse breaker that like God saw the little girl go through all he allowed those things to happen. Right. Like seriously, a lot of the things that happened in my life as a little girl, I don't have control over that, but it's something I was telling my daughter recently. And I'm like, please, before you turn into, she's going off to college next year. Imagine that my daughter's going off to college. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm like, God hears the prayers of children. So keep praying. He hears and he answers the prayers of children because here I am as an adult seeing, wow, I remember when I was five and I was praying for exactly the same. Who would have thought that a five-year-old in Trinidad and Mobile, someone would look in the sky and see a plane and be like, I want to go in the sky because that's where I think America is. And then all of a sudden you reach here. But also that little five-year-old girl, six-year-old girl was also going through a lot, right? I've experienced physical abuse, sexual abuse, psychological abuse. You know, there's something called an ACE test. Mm-hmm. 
And it's basically like 10 questions that really shows you the scale of with a child, a childhood experiences, adverse childhood experiences. That's what A stands for. Of One is like, you are good. You come from a good family, a good environment. Anything more than four is dangerous because that person is prone to mental health or physical health issues because of the trauma that occurred before they turned 18. Mm-hmm. I came to this country at 18. On that scale of one to 10, one being the best, I'm an eight. Jesus. Right? Mm-hmm. And you have to see the questions on that ACE test, adverse childhood experience test, right? There are people who you come in contact with. There are people who own businesses that you know who are both survivors, male and female. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. In the Caribbean, male and female. Definitely. Survivors, right? But there are also people that you've come into contact with who are also the predators, right? And we got to talk about that. And this is something, this all ties into mental health. This all ties into community health. This is public health, right? Would you support a a business if you found out that this person is engaged in pedophilia or ancestral relationships? Well, how would you feel? No, I wouldn't. Right. But we actually do it not being totally unaware because people lie, people hide. And I think that's why I live and own my truth and I do it unapologetically because if I fucked up, I'm going to tell you, I did it. I did it. I sure did it. I did it with a child too. <laughs> but being a survivor, I didn't really understand it until I came here though. And that's why it's often good to want to travel mm-hmm. to, to broaden your horizon and get new friends, friends outside of your block your community, where you live at, your school, your your workplace. And now in this, again, back to 2020 being a year of the greatest gift given, which was time, people are on Zoom connecting with people all over the world. I mean, we used to do that on ICQ Messenger and AOL Messenger, Messenger, but now I've spoken on a conference in India from the comfort of my home. I've done Guyana, I've done Massachusetts, I've done Barbate Light from the comforts of my home and networking with these people, right? Yeah. I wish people would go a lot deeper. You know, a lot of times we numb ourselves, we numb ourselves with work, we numb ourselves with performance, right? And just always saying, because I got to show, I got to show, I got to prove, I got to prove, I got to be, I got to be. You got to be still. How about being still? How about just sitting with yourself? And hearing your thoughts or listening to your heart and feeling that and dealing with those unaddressed shit and those latent trauma that you've numbed by being busy, busy doing what? Because one day that pain, that trauma, that shit, that hurt that you haven't dealt with because you, you have chosen to distract yourself intentionally to not deal with it, one day it will slap you in your face and it will bring you to your knees, and then what? 100%. 100%. I mean, I, I want to get into a framework for acknowledging, like, your mental health, coping with whatever deficiencies you may have, and then the healing, right? I want to get into that. But first, I just want to touch on this one thing, right? So you would have moved from a survivor to the abuser. You want to shed a light on that? 
So what you don't address, what you don't heal will affect your life. And being in toxic environments, being in toxic situations from a child up until a young adult and never dealing or addressing or, or having someone to help me work through those traumas. It festers, it lingers, it, stays, it becomes part of your mental pathology because everything that you think or do or whatever, there's a layer of trauma behind it. Like I can't even hear you properly because my wound is still fresh. So you might say something and totally unintentionally say something that I might receive based on my hurt and the shit I'm still carrying as an attack. And so that creates an environment where the survivor now is in attack mode. And there are clinical ways to break this down, but I'd rather just talk to my people in one-on-one, right? Yeah, yeah, let's talk to the people, yeah. So now I'm like, I'm always in attack mode because I've always had to protect myself. Yeah. And so if I'm always having to protect myself, then I see everyone as a threat. And so those who really want to love and care for me because they see that pain, I can't see it. You ever walk into a room and somebody cleaning with bleach and they're like, why are you in this room? Like, why am I not cleaning? It's toxic in here. You don't smell that bleach? No, they become so desensitized to their environment that they can't even smell that it's toxic. But someone fresh with fret now walk through the house, it's going to hit them in their face and they, they start getting a headache. They don't even understand how you could even survive this shit. What are you doing? You're going to pass mm-hmm. out. I'm that person cleaning with the bleach. Got you. I love the analogy. But yeah, I got you. And so my pain, I had to learn how to suppress that. You know, I had to, and I tell people all the time, moving on quickly does not equate to healing. So your mother would beat you and then she asked her, okay, so we want to eat. Well, what the hell? Can you say that one more time for the people in the back? Moving on quickly does not <laughs> equate to healing. Wow. Moving on quickly does not equate to healing. That is a J Bloods quote. We need to hold space and take a moment to, to deal with matters when it happens instead of just brushing it under the rug. That's why I started raise the rug. Would you consider yourself a strong person? Almost definitely. Strength is my birthright. Yeah. You know, most strong people are strong. You know, they build that strength, they build that muscle from overcoming a traumatic experience, right? And the thing is, society, and it's great that, you know, you could be vulnerable, you know, and then we expect women to be vulnerable, right? But society expects men to be strong. You know, expect men to be the leader of a household sometimes, the provider. Can I tell you something? Right. With strength comes weakness, though. Like, people Mm -hmm. have to exercise, like, for you to build strength, you got to work at it. Like You may not have always been strong in an area, but if you applied yourself and you work at it, and like I always talk about healing as well. Healing is not linear. Talking about strength. Strength isn't just I'm strong, so I'm forceful. You see me, I'm always like domineering or you see that I'm confident. Strength also is quiet. Strength shows up in different ways. It's not loud sometimes for some people. Strength also means getting back up every time you fall on your face and trying again. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like that you say that strength sometimes is quiet and especially with men is most times it is right. Cause I mean, a lot of men silently suffer 
because of ego, because of pride, because of shame of, you know, the, like people are taught, hey, men don't cry. You know, men don't do this. Men don't be soft. When was the last time you cried? Well, I, I said, you, you watch a show called This Is Us? Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, oh my God, some of you cry because we cried. Me and Maya, 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 no. Maya, we cried. Every episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, they, they tug at your heart. They tug at your heart. So, I mean, I hear sometimes I sit down here, you know, by myself, you know, drinking a little rum, watching This Is Us, and be like, nah, man, how are you going to do that to rum, But outside of This Is Us, here's your moment of vulnerability with your own audience. Actually, like, you know, proper tears, I don't know. It's hard to say. Could be recently, could not, because... It could just be something I just, yeah, just cry quick and then overlook and then just move on or whatever. Like, you know, because life is stressful, right? Life is hard. You know, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of things we deal with, especially as adults. But why do you cry quick, though? Why is it that you don't allow yourself to feel that? I like to think solutions quick, right? You know, so you delve in the pain, you delve in the pain. It's like, all right, so how do we fix this? What do we do? Right. And then I get up, all right, so let's start to do that. That, and there are so many people like that who are very solutions oriented. Mm-hmm. They don't have no time to cry. But there are also th- those same people who've also gone through some stuff that they never really even sat for themselves to feel their emotions outside of being happy or angry. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many other emotions, especially when it comes to crying and especially when it comes to our black men and Caribbean men. Well, I mean, come Ooh, on. Now. The only yeah. time all they cry is like, all they can't get all they rum. Well, it's our men here crying because they couldn't play masters here because of the pandemic. <laughs> That's real serious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, jokes aside, I know you say that healing begins the moment you stop pretending you aren't hope, right? So, you aren't hurt, sorry. So, let's, I mean, let's just discuss that whole process, right? I kind of broke it down from the acknowledgement, then there's coping, and then there's healing. And I know you have 12 different things you like to do in terms of healing yourself, right? That you know me, you do your research so well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the acknowledgement process, right? Because just like I was saying at the big in the intro and throw this episode, like, how do you know when you are when you're I mean you may not be diagnosed as anything, but how do you know when when hey something might really be wrong? Because I mean, and again, I'm just being vulnerable, you know, as I'm talking to you here. You know, sometimes I I wake up in the morning and. I don't actually leave my bed for like two hours because I'm just ruminating on things that are bothering me. I'm ruminating on, on things that I just not sure how to solve yet. And, and I'm trying to solve it, trying to solve it. Because like I said, I'm a solutions oriented person, right? But sometimes the solution is just really hard to find. Sometimes the solution don't, don't hit you until you're in the shower. It's like, ah, okay, that's a good idea. You know, but during that whole, that whole fight up phase, you know, it's, it's I'm like, damn, like I need to get up, but damn, not right now. Yes. <laughs> There's a bunch of different things you're saying at the same time because you need to get up, but you're telling yourself not right now. Well, that's okay. Listen to your body. Rest. I think us, especially as Black people, we don't know how to rest because we've been conditioned for over 400 plus years to be workers in a field when we were really kings and queens who were supposed to live a life of luxury. And somewhere along the line in our lineage, we've been working our ass off and so we always feel like we have to be up working, working, working. Meanwhile, other people just rested. They got their businesses. They just laid back. They're on yacht. Like they're living a life of luxury or they invested well in business. So they know that they're working smart, yeah. right? And not working hard. But how do you know that something is wrong? When, when you say to yourself, I don't feel like myself, I feel like something is wrong. 
And then when you get the confirmation, because you always get a confirmation, if you're really in tune with your intuition, you always get a confirmation. Give me an example of what a confirmation might look like. Someone will come and ask you, you all right? You don't seem like yourself. Oh, I get that all the time. Oh, shit. Everything okay with you? I got that last week. Okay, so let's talk about that. And oh, so it, it, <laughs> again, we gave the disclaimer earlier. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not a psychologist. Mm-hmm. I am not a licensed social worker or mental health uh, professional. But you there ruminating. It sounds like you anxious about something. Why are you struggling with anxiety? All right, without getting into, into detail, like, you know, there's situations with people who can be close to you or whatnot that kind of, um, that are deep-seated. They know you, you, you can't really change people, right? You can't really change adult people or whatnot, right? So it's thinking about how, how you want to deal with those situations in terms of like setting boundaries, in terms of what to say that might trigger them or, or whatever. It's just like, it could be really trying. It could be really, really trying. And, you know, sometimes you just be like, I just don't feel like dealing. So I guess that's my body saying, hey, let's just go back and lay down. Well, then you got listen to your body, listen to your mind, listen to your heart. You know, you know, you know. We always know. We're just always asking people for some sort of external validation to confirm what we know. And if they say no, then we're like, okay, then it's no. But you know, you always know. You know what you should do because it's a hard thing to do. Always know. You try to find a way around it. And I love the fact that you talked about boundaries because boundaries is a healthy thing to implement in your life in, in not just your, your personal relationship, but also in your business relationship, mm-hmm. right? So that client's not calling you up to 10 o'clock in the night. Like, what the hell are you calling me up to 10 o'clock in the night for? Trust me, I'm not some dumb shit. But you have to create those boundaries. Like my business hours are between nine to five. I'll go at, at seven for the latest. You can get me. After that, I'm unavailable. I've got a family. And if I don't, I got me. I got to take care of me. I'm sorry. I'll see you tomorrow. But being a people pleaser, oh, come on now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Go on. Collection plate. <laughs> <laughs> being a people pleaser, <laughs> ooh, look at your face, will have you. <laughs> Shots fired. What you see, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating here, I'm right? I'm like, I'm, I keep blowing on my AC every two seconds. So here's the thing. Why are we so concerned and so consumed with always pleasing others and showing up for others when we can't even please ourselves and show up for ourselves? We are supposed to make ourselves, we are our paramount importance to self first. I cannot be the best for you if I am not the best for me. And sometimes the best for me means not responding to your text message, not responding to that client's email and just laying in my bed and watching the ceiling because that's what my body said to do. Yeah. That's it. And I don't owe you an explanation because when I need to deliver, I deliver. So relax yourself. I'll get back to you when I get back to you. And I'm telling you, it's going to be the, that's how you please them. You please them when you, when you do your work and you get it done. But outside of that, you got to take care of yourself because ultimately what are you, what are you doing all this for? Mm-hmm. If you're not happy, if you're not at peace, if you don't feel centered, if, and you're going to have moments, again, this is not some sort of linear shit. You're going to have moments when you're stressed the hell out. You're going to have moments where you're happy as ever. You're going to have moments when you just want to give up. But you always have to make space and hold space for yourself to get back to center. 
you have to, or else you're going to burn out. So, all right. So I think, I think we kind of <laughs> touched on the, um, <laughs> on the, um, I, I want a podcast. I didn't want a whole therapy session. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel naked, you know, <laughs> that's, that's powerful though. That's a powerful place to be, right? There's power in vulnerability. Brené Brown talks about that a lot. We've been taught so many crazy things, right? And so as people are out there reading all these business literature, business books, business studies and papers online, and they're consuming themselves with reading all, all that they can do to you know, be a leader in their industry and be a great employer or employee, like navigate work environments. You know, how about you read some books mm-hmm. or watch some videos or something or listen to some podcasts and how you can keep yourself sane? In my head. <laughs> you have me laughing like a jabbit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, or listen to In My Head with Jay Blessed. Or just feed your soul. Mm-hmm. Feed your soul with healthy content, healthy books. Just we're not doing enough of that. Yeah. All right. So we covered the acknowledgement and coping. Essentially, listen to your body and your set boundaries and everything, right? I want to get to the healing process. So for people who, who are really suffering with these mood swings, suffering from the anxiety and everything, pandemic or not, you know, you have a 12-step process. I want to get through at least some of them really quick. I hope you wrote them down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't memorize them. <laughs> I didn't, I, my memory ain't that good. All right. But but the first one is obviously therapy, right? Just, I mean, touch on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, just the same way like you go to a licensed beautician or cosmetologist to get your hair done because you want to trust someone who has done a certain amount of hours to get their license to to practice cosmetology. It's the same way as you go to a mechanic who has a track record of making sure they do their work in excellence, right? And they know these cars, right? And then they can operate and fix these specific cars, just the same way as when you have heart issues, you go to a cardiologist because they're not going to go to a plumber to fix your goddamn heart. Why is it that people are not thinking and still have some sort of issue with going to see a doctor or a specialist for the mind, something that you use every single day, something that affects everything around you, it affects your body, it affects your organs, it affects how you deal with others, it affects how you deal with yourself, it affects your finances, it affects your professional life, it affects your intellectual health, it affects every single thing, yet it's the thing that people pay the least if they ever pay any attention to. And so I am a big advocate for therapy, especially to Caribbean people, because we never grew up with that we grew up with going to church and talking to the pastor but you know i'm gonna say something controversial like i say all the time your pastor is not your therapist finding an independent person who is licensed to be a counselor a coach a therapist someone who you can confide in and trust to work through the issues of your mind and your heart and even your spirit that's essential and for some of us we may not be able to have access to a therapist 
but we have someone we could trust, someone we can, you know, confide in that we know would not violate that privacy, whose counsel we can count on, right? Who will call us on our shit. Accountability partner, essentially. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not your partner. Sometimes it's not your mother. Sometimes it's not your, your clergy. Sometimes it's not even your best friend. Sometimes there's someone totally independent who you could actually just let go because you don't have to worry about hurting someone's feelings because what if you have to talk about how your mom is making you feel when you're talking to your mom about it? That's a whole different conversation, right? That's a raise the rug conversation. But how about we talk through it with the therapist first so you know how to handle that when confronting or discussing with someone you love about how they make you feel if it's negative, right? There's so many different ways to deal with healing. Uh, therapy is, is top, but therapy is not for everyone either. And there's not only just talk therapy, right? There's different types of talk therapy. There's a bunch of different types of therapy. But above that, I, I would actually say meditation and prayer. And they're two different things, right? Prayer is different meditation, both of them collectively gets us back to center. Yeah. You know, that talking to God and then meditating to hear, being still to hear, your breathing. Like, and yo, I absolutely love meditation. And I don't have to pray by just kneeling down by my bed. I was praying in the shower before I got on here. And my prayer to God is like, I'm talking to my dad, you know, my mom. You know, someone I love that I know loves me. And I'm like, all right, so I messed up today, but uh, my bad. So we'll do this again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say thank you for looking out for me. That's how I pray. Like, I pray like I'm talking to someone that I know because I do. All right. So I like that you already, that you touched on meditation. Another method you speak about is music, you know, I and mean, I mean, we could fly past that one. You know, I know Bob Marley said, you know what? Good thing about music is when it hits you, you feel no pain. And yeah, music could really uplift your spirits. It's transcendent in a way. You know, so yeah, we, so we get I that. Also that. She also said that music meets you where you're at. The third one, me time. I find that one part particularly interesting. It, it brought me back to, to a breakup I had. I'm not going to speak, I'm not going to mention which breakup. I don't know, Max. This guy's like, what? He's talking about me. You know? <laughs> leave this in the podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I remember there's a particular breakup I had. And after that breakup, I would spend a lot of time with myself just saying, you know, Kevin, I love you. You're great. I'll go to a bar by myself and just, I'm not talking about over drinking or anything. I'm just have a drink. I go to the movie by myself. Just, you know, spend time with myself and just kind of, it was like a woosah. Kind of vibe. You get me? You must. You must. Yeah. How are you making time to spend time with other people, but you don't make time, intentional time to spend with yourself? This is why I take baths. And my baths are like two hours, right? Soak in my bath. This is why I go for walks. My, I, I can go to dinner by myself. I've done it a lot. Mm-hmm. Some people say, I can't I can't go to dinner by myself. People look at me like, like I'm funny. First of all, it's my money. First of all, <laughs> I'm gonna get dressed up fly just for me. And I got no issue with that. I could sit at the bar, I could sit at the table, and I actually love doing that shit. Table for one and like table for one. And I get the best treatment ever because they want to dote on me. But that's a whole other story. Because they want to what? 
dote. They want to like take care of me and cater to me and just like, huh? like, what do you need? What do you need? Because I order big when I'm dining by myself. So you, you tell them, bring me your finest. Is that what you do? Because I am the finest. So you're talking about telling <laughs> 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 But no, me time could essentially be you turning your phone off at a certain time to go lay in your bed and leaving your phone somewhere far in the living room and going to your bed and reading a book before sleep every night or clearing your mind. You know, and just laying with yourself and listening to some music, like you said before, lighting a candle and just having it there. Me time could be you taking a solo travel. You don't always need to travel with friends or a romantic partner. Travel by yourself. Go explore the world by yourself. Do something by yourself. You need to spend more time with yourself than you do with other people. You also speak about talking to yourself, and which, I, which I love, which, which I do all the time. I have, and I mean, I know you say sometimes, you know, if you, if you answer back, that's when you're mad, but I have full blown conversation myself as like Kevin no, no I don't make no sense yeah 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 you're right you're right you're right, you're right. I won't do that I won't do that you know I won't bother <laughs> the phone the other day and my friend saw me do that in real life real time they're like what the hell just happened I'm like I was talking to myself <laughs> they were like but I'm here why don't you just talk to me <laughs> you wouldn't understand <laughs> yeah no I get me okay I get me. (laughs) But one of the other things, like I started this has nothing to do with business, but it has everything to do with people and mental health because sexual health is mental health. Mm -hmm. Boy, sex is essential. Well, I see you had sex as number 12. So I wanted to know why isn't it number one? Because that was the climax. That was that. I see what you did there. I see what you did. I see what you did. Yo, sexual health is mental health. But healthy, healthy sex with people who, when they leave and after it's done, you don't feel depleted. You don't feel less than. You don't feel like you made a big mistake. You don't feel horrible. So if you know that having sex with a particular person makes you feel like that, then you should stop having sex with them, right? And this is where we got to go back to mental health and going through what's going on with you that you would be so attracted to or still choose to engage with someone who's not giving you what you want or what you deserve or what you're entitled to. You're a valuable piece of art, yo. Don't have nobody treating you like trash. You is the chicken breast, you know? Don't have nobody making you feel like chicken buck. You understand? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you, are, you are the chicken breast. <laughs> If you want to be a drumstick, that's fine too, but you're not chicken neck. Mm, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, with the metaphors. No problem. No problem. So you also speak about, you know, let's zoom past some of these, right? So you speak about family time. So, you know, we understand that, you know, if you, where your roots, where you come from, you spend time with them, you get that positive energy. People who, who know you longer than anybody else, people who, know, who might know you better than anybody else. And some of the people who might right. know me better than anyone else may, may be the people who just showed up, right? Like, because they're willing to go past the layers and really get to know me. As You know, like, I have people that I've known for 20 years and, you know, we, we are still connected because of that length of time. But I have people who showed up in my life two years ago, even two months ago, that add so much value mm-hmm. in that short space of time. 100%, yeah. Yeah. 
reading and writing. Yeah. I think people should journal. Yeah. And if you don't like journaling, maybe you should take a poetry. If you don't like poetry, maybe you should just start recording some voice notes and saving it in your phone when you feel a certain kind of way. So that's your way of journaling. You don't want to write it, but you could just talk into your phone. And you play it back. You title it. I think people should take up creative writing. I even write notes in my phone sometimes. Sometimes a thought just comes in about how I feel today or a quote that just pops into my and I write down. Writing is cathartic. It's also therapeutic, right? Yeah. Like you might need to write a letter to somebody that hurt you or somebody you hurt, right? And in the same vein, cleaning is also cathartic in a way, right? Of course. Like, you know, the old adage of cleanliness is next to godliness, right? Mm-hmm. It, it ties into the fact that cleaning your space is a spiritual act. If your your space is in need of cleaning, it means that it's heavy. And when you start clearing things away and washing things and mopping down and wiping down, rearranging things, your home has an energy. Yeah, I agree. You know, sometimes if I'm studying for an exam or if I'm trying to do some work or try to get some writing on or whatever, and I want to clear my mind, sometimes I might just try to clean the place, you know, because yeah, the clutter, it gets into your psyche. So yeah, I fully get that. Yeah, get you that. feel it. That is an energy. It's an energy. You feel lighter when your space is clean and neat. You feel it. All right, so I know we, we spoke about traveling already. I mean, the whole experience of traveling is like you realize that the world is so much bigger than your comfort zone. It's so much bigger than what you're used to. And it expands your mind. It um, lends to creative thought, to creative revolution, everything. And you make some new friends. Sometimes you, you talk about traveling alone. You spoke about solo trips and all of that. And I'm talking about doing a lot of things alone, right? Mm-hmm. Like spending time alone, even having masturbating. Like that's like self-love. Like I talk about a lot of things alone because a lot of times we distract ourselves by being around others. Granted, there is a place for community. There's a place for partnership. But how are you showing up to be a great partner when you can't even love on yourself or dote on yourself or take care of yourself the way that you're supposed to? And I say this all the time, like you attract who you are. But if you realize that a lot of the situations you were in, there's a common thread. Well, usually come and be nominated. You understand? Oh, Lord. And so if you were to take action and be, just be focused on becoming your healthiest, highest version of yourself, can you imagine attracting that? I want that. I don't want a broken me. I don't want a, a trauma-filled, pained me, walking around like I got a chip on my shoulder me. I don't want an you know, always angry all the time, me. I don't want that. I don't want to thinking everybody's attacking me, me. I want a healed, happy, highest version of myself. And again, I'm not romanticizing what that looks like. Like, oh my God, that sounds like pie in the sky. That shit is hard work. Mm -hmm. It's hard work. It is hard work. Healing is a daily process. Okay, you don't just heal and, and everything magically disappears. That's not how it works. Okay, you don't love yourself and all of a sudden you're just in love with yourself. 
the next day you might be like, what the hell is wrong with me? I'm just so sad. I can't stand. Like you're going to go through that. It's a matter of being diligently consistent in knowing who you are and changing your behavioral patterns. Change is hard. Change is goddamn hard. I actually tweeted something earlier, which is so crazy that we're talking about this. I tweeted on Twitter earlier today because I was talking about change Mm -hmm. and just behavior because somehow people just think things are automatically going to happen when you decide that, oh, I'm going to do this work. I said, behavior is hard to change. To everyone doing daily work to correct negative behavior and to develop healthy ones, I see you. Just don't forget to extend grace to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, 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 I don't even know what to add on to that. I mean, yeah, you got to be easy on yourself, right? You got to be easy on yourself. I mean, all right, so the last point you had there was running, right? Running is good for the body, good for the for tool. Exercise. Yeah, exercise, yeah, good for you. Um, really stress, improve your memory and everything, right? But kind of going back to what you just said, you know, in terms of going easy on yourself. And you also say that, you know, pain will find you and it is up to you to determine how long the pain will visit you for. Wow, like you're going to make me cry hearing you say my words back to me. Like, Kevin, this moment, I want to honor you because it shows that you are one of voracious reader. <laughs> you are a brilliant researcher, but you really take time and pour your all into every episode that you do by, by investing your time in getting to know your guest. That's profound. That's a gift. That's beautiful. And this is why you will be and continue to be and be greater than you've ever imagined a very successful man. Because what you just did there was make me feel important. And I I tell people this all the time. Like you want to get people to do something for you. You want to get people to be their best selves, make them feel important, but do it from a genuine place. Right. I just want to honor you because you're a boss. I see you, King. All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes, uh, wow. <laughs> and if you only know that, how I just kind of hustle things together. But you know what? I appreciate that. And yes, I do like to make it all about my guests and all about the people who are listening. Yeah, but even if you hustled it all together, listen, you're Kevin Valley. You know what to do in a hustle. <laughs> like what you did in a hustle would take another person five days to do it. They wouldn't even be able to know where to start, what to look for, where to go at. That's something that's built over a period of time that you saying is a hustle, but that's a gift. You pull that out. And so that's what you said about pain. If you don't deal with it, it will find you. I said that earlier in the conversation. You must, yeah. you cannot back to healing doesn't equate to moving on quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Again, I'm hoping in this moment as people navigate these new spaces in order to have a thriving business so that you don't break down. Because if you break down, do you have a structure in place that your business could thrive without you? Listen, I say that everywhere I go. Every time somebody brings me on a panel to talk about business and investment, that's the one thing that investors think about. It's like, all right, so what happens if this man has to leave this business? Oh, this woman has to leave this business. Can this business continue to operate? Yeah. And many people are building businesses that cannot survive without them. They cannot go and take a two-month vacation by themselves and still have it run as business as usual. And worse than that, 
they have nobody else to pass things on to. And there are reasons for that. It might be that they, they don't have any trained people and they onboard them. Or even worse than that, they don't give people autonomy, right? They think that they are the business and the business only moves when they make a decision. And that is dangerous. It is dangerous. It is extremely dangerous. And, and therefore, it, it would not last long exactly. if you don't have a structure. And I know that too, because I've lived that life. Yeah. Right? Like, I know this, but I'm one of those, I'm an anomaly. Mm-hmm. If I don't feel like writing, I'm going to write. Because at the end of the day, what's the objective here? Is the objective really to have the most money in the world? Or is the objective to live a long and healthy and fruitful life? Because I want the latter. I want the long and healthy, fruitful life. Because there are billionaires who would trade places with us right now because they're on their last day about to die. They can't spend that money in their grave, right? And so what they want and what they're probably trying to do right now, and you see it on movies, is find this potion to live longer, right? Or to be youthful, right? Mm-hmm. I want to have a long, healthy, prosperous life. And for me, that would require me to take a month off or two months off because ultimately I know what the goal is. Right? I told you already, I'm not chasing money. Money chases me. Yeah. All right. On, on that note, Jay, as you are, get ready to wrap up. Is there anything that you want to leave um, our audience with? Anything that you want to make sure that we touch on? You know, giving you open mic, open forum, open platform. Go. There's so many things I could say, but I know that I've said a lot earlier. When you talk about business, because this is what your platform is built on. Ultimately, I'm hoping that people are building business for legacy, right? You're building this as part of your legacy to pass on to your children and your grandchildren. And your great- Hopefully, that's what you're planning on doing. If not, maybe some of you are just doing it, you know, temporarily, right? It's a season for you. That's fine. But if we're talking business and we're talking long-term, that this is something your grandchildren can benefit from, then it is essential for you to do your deeper work, just like you're doing our financial work to set them up financially in life. How about we do that deeper spiritual work and mental work so that you set them up for life? Because if you're healed, they will feel that you are going to be a transformed, better, different person. If you heal the trauma and then they see you doing that work, they're going to know my granddad you know, he'd been through a lot in life, but he took time and he did this and he made these changes and he changed this behavior and he, and because of him, like, that's the kind of legacy we need to leave. We need to leave a legacy of breaking generational curses, of poverty, of abuse, of lack, like uh, just so many things. There's so many issues. So you got to deal with self. You got to take care of your mind. You got to address the issues of your heart. You got to be in tune with your spirit and everything else is external. It will be there. It will manifest. You are your own magician. I say that all the time, whatever you think. And so if your mind is messed up then your thinking is kind of skewed, so get your mind together because whatever you think you have the power to make that come to life. And I wish for everyone that's listening to this episode, I wish upon you life and health and strength and success and prosperity and favor and everything of a good report. And I wish above all that the issues of your heart and your mind and your spirit, that you will sit with yourself, you'll be honest with yourself and you will deal with yourself to heal yourself. 
Thank you so much, Kev. Podcast world, there you have it. What about your mental health with Jay Blessed? Subscribe to Caribbean Power Lunch at caribbeanpowerlunch.com slash subscribe. Check us out on CastBox, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. And with that, Podcast World, J. Thank you so much, Caribbean Power Lunch. <laughs> Drop your mic, I did this shit. <laughs> this was Caribbean Power Lunch with your host, Kevin Valley, and we are out.